everybody. Welcome to episode eight of Bruisers Breakdowns and Beards. It is Sunday, November 8th, 2020. I am your host, Michael Reed. I'm Did Kevin. you say it's November 8th? It yeah. is November 8th, dude. Oh my God. Episode eight on November 8th of the eighth year of this 2020. Here we are. I'm Kevin. <laughs> the eighth year of 2020. Kevin, Kevin took an edible and now has forgotten math. No, it, this year has felt like it's been eight years at this point. Ah, touche. Good point. So 2020 can. Um, yeah. yeah, it, it it's. <laughs> Felt like a long hellish nightmare up until time is a construct, man. It's yeah. just a construct. Just a, just a construct. Just a Every construct, day's Groundhog's man. Day, man. Right. <laughs> Every so, day is Groundhog's Day, man. Uh, it's just like your opinion, dude. Hi, Dallas. <laughs> Hello. I was gonna say I I was gonna let you guys do your intros, but you all just like totally sped past that exit. <laughs> yeah, so. we're like fuck intros. We got stuff to say. And yeah, really I'm don't. feeling very wing it today. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, yeah, man. We we're just going into it. Here well, we go. We just got done with that Chiefs game, which for yep. da- uh, Dallas and I was like a like heart wrenching, like nail biter of a win. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't like super nervous, but I was like, wow, the Panthers are like staying in this game. I was like, I was more impressed with the Panthers than I was nervous for the Chiefs because <laughs> after seeing the like divine intervention that was the playoff run for 2019, mm-hmm. it was like, all right, I'm never going to worry ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't so much worry. It's just, you just see the narrative, like, like, they were they were catching up and then you know they scored that touchdown to get close and then they forced the chiefs to a three and out and you're like oh shit here we go they're gonna you know get the ball go down and kick the field goal to win the game because that's the way the nfl works right and then like some weird shit started to happen right there at the end and they fortunately did not that dude kicked like a 67 yard field goal and had the distance he was that just is way the off most target jacked kicker I have ever seen in my life. He looked like a linebacker. A little bit. He was he like this this big, like pasty, tatted dude with a huge beard. He looked like he was the kind of guy that listens to Five Finger Death Punch or something. And I'm like, he's Aww. kicking footballs? Like, why is he a kicker? <laughs> but, he some, yeah, you know, he doesn't have enough ass game. to kick, so he's got to kick some balls around. I kind of like five. <laughs> well, I, I saw Mike. Mike had like the the kind of like the oh, and I was like, oh no, does Mike listen no. to five? Fingers? He's walking to home be fair, like the Hulk. Considering some of the people I've seen that also like five finger death punch, oh, I did dude, have totally. to go and Google is five finger death punch racist once, <laughs> just to make sure nah, I was okay. I don't know about that, but like I've hey, don't I'll be fully transparent here. When I was like a. Uh, 14 15 year old and we were you know making the march down to the football field i was always playing wrong side of heaven like that was like my freaking it's ass kicking time mode i just had that song playing in my head as i got my gear on with my helmet in my hand and i'm just like fuck yeah let's go man <laughs> but that was then and this is now I, How are you, I, gentlemen? I somehow did not. I missed the whole five. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to sound like a hipster at all. I literally would not know a five finger death song, death punch song, if you put it on the radio. I have no. Have, I've all seen I know, so many of their covers, though. You, ha- I don't remember. The only one you sent me was from some other band that did like a Metallica cover. 
No, I've sent you a couple of the, I, it's been a while. Yeah, there was a been, run there. I was, but either yeah, way, like, I feel like most people would tell you you're not missing out because yeah. I've heard before that a lot of people are like, they're the nickelback of metal or something like that. <sighs> and I was like, oh, damn, that's harsh. Nice. Like they're not yeah. bad. I, <laughs> I haven't heard anything about their actual music. I've heard all about their fan base and yeah, I mean, it's like the same kind of like racist talk or, uh, you'd yeah, hear somebody, like somebody compared them really... to the juggalos of metal. And I was like that, you know, like, in the '90s, that would have stung, but I was like, "Man, Juggalos are kind of on the right side of history these days." Juggalo, so it's kind of weird. Really cool. yeah. You can't no, really call someone early, a Juggalo and be offensive anymore. <laughs> their early stuff was good. Like their first couple, I think three or four albums, like I really, really liked. Their newer stuff after their lead singer, like went into rehab and came out, and I don't. I mean, good for him, but like, I don't think the music's been better since then, dude. Mm. Isn't it weird how like? Uh, musicians or bands that they pump out a really good first two or three albums mm-hmm. and then they go to rehab for a drug problem or whatever and then the music is never the same yeah it's, it's and it's wrong. like don't get me wrong i'm all for everybody being clean and not addicted to anything yeah. because right. that's ideal for everyone but something about being an addict makes really good music, I guess. Yeah, it's those demons, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't the know. anger goes, I, you know, I mean, not, not to get too far into the weeds about it, but like, like th- there's been a couple Metallica documentaries and James Hetfield's <laughs> talked about that. Yeah. Like when you go through therapy and like the anger kind of goes away for a little bit. You know where do where does that inspiration come from? So put them in a room with Lars. That anger comes right back. <laughs> like that was oh yeah. If you ever get a chance, watch some kind of monster. It's one of my yeah. favorite documentaries for musicians. It yeah. is hilarious. By the end of the movie, the therapist needed therapy, and I found yeah. that fucking hilarious. And Metallica, like it sucks because I went into it like such a huge Metallica fan. And once again, I mean, this came out in an age where, you know, like. You're like, oh man, Metallica's the manliest of manly man, and then you see them like, I, I don't, I don't, th- I don't feel very comfortable uh, listening to the tracks if you guys aren't all in the same room. I don't want anyone listening to the tracks unless I'm here. And it's like, who the fuck are you, James? What are you doing? <laughs> like, it just, it was such a weird batshit documentary that really. It made me lose a couple cool points uh, for Metallica. Well, Saint Anger made me lose a lot of cool points for Metallica, but. Like, hmm. it's just like after watching that documentary and seeing like just how like uh, it was so bad. Bob Rock basically wrote that whole album. <laughs> Bob Rock was in the yeah. studio like, well, fuck it. I guess I'll do it myself since I'm the only one here. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone else is off doing their own weirdly adventures. Yeah, living the dream. <laughs> yeah, I want, with that said, I want to be a Metallica. Sign me up. I want to right? be another bass go. player or I'll be a roadie or something. <laughs> And and this has been your your like metal music minute. Yeah, we went metal. We went sports music. We didn't touch. We talked about oh, everything we'll but it. wrestling so far. Yeah, yep, much. yep. But that's I'm coming. Really cool with that too. I'm down for that. I'll yeah. I'll veer I'll veer right. Take a harsh exit every <laughs> once in a while. I can talk no. music till the cows come home. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty cool. We actually have some wrestling to talk about this week. Yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. AEW had their uh, quarterly pay per view. One of their quarterly pay per views last night. Full gear. Kevin and I got to sit there and watch that. We actually kind of chatted back and forth on Telegram. Are they quarterly? They have four? They 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 run their big ones every three months and then there's like little there's like random ones. Because they have like 
So, because now that they've been around for over a little over a full year now, right? Yeah. Like what, thirteen months? <laughs> I think. They have, well, like, yeah, probably like they have October a, was the sorry, yeah. Dine, uh, so Dine. they have like a calendar now. So it's like uh, all out is September. Yeah. Full gear is November. Then they do what is it? Revolution in Revolution January. Revolution in like February. Mm-hmm. February. And then double and then or nothing is in May. They do uh, double or nothing. Yeah. In in like May. May. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then maybe they do like one or two in between because like they had because I think if if they're gonna do that format then they can especially get away with like what they did earlier in the pandemic with like the fighter fest having them be like specials oh yeah well and that's and 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 they're still on free television yeah rather than having like additional monthly pay-per-views i guess well and that's the thing last night during full gear they announced the next revolution show happening february uh but then they also like after that show announced uh there's going to be like a Crazy dog. Somebody's dog wants something. That was me. (laughs) Uh, But they they also announced they're doing like a spring break show. Uh, Or not not spring break. It's a beach break or something. That's the beach kind of deal? In January? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So that's going to be kind of like their winter uh, fighter fest. Could be. I mean, it's Jacksonville. So, I mean, I could picture them. I mean, January is going to be like 80 degrees for them. So, (laughs) yeah, it'll probably be like a kind of a. Maybe they can bring back like the old Bash at the Beach like set where they just go and like they have like the sand and they have the water like some wrestlers can get dumped in, like from the ring to the water or something that'd be rad. I don't know. Oh, dude, do a, like a back body drop into a kiddie pool. That'd oh, be cool. Man. See, this, we're, we're giving you ideas, AEW. It's you know I got to watch. Fuck uh, it, Tony. Scott Steiner throw Flex Zerba into a man-made pond. That was that was a lot of fun. So, <laughs> huh. Flex Zerba. holy shit, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> so you guys watched Full Gear. I was uh, busy yesterday, so I was unable to watch it. Yeah. And I know that everybody viewing this is probably already getting a rundown of Full Gear if they didn't watch it from freaking Meltzer and every other wrestling podcast that's out there. So we're going to give you another Full Gear rundown. Yeah. And uh, they're going to tell me how the show went. So guys, tell me about Full Gear. Yeah. I've got the whole card pulled up here. We don't have to... We can just kind of touch base a little bit on each match. Yeah. They're, not, they're not all like yeah. worth going over. We'll, um, we'll we'll break down the big points, I think, a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we'll start with, with the buy-in, which is funny that that's what they call all their pre-shows. You know, I get it for double or nothing, but yeah, we're yeah. all in. But uh, the buy-in makes sense though, because it is literally. I mean, they don't want to call it. You know, it's literally a buy-in because they're trying to sell last-minute pay-per-views on like Fight TV as well. and all that. Um, <laughs> it's also a cool chance for them to like try out talent that they don't, you know, that that could potentially show up in AEW in the future. Yeah, um, which is kind of what they did here. They just had the one uh, women's match to start off, which was a. Uh, the the recently crowned NWA Women's Champ Serena Deeb uh, was defending against the newly signed to AEW uh, Allison K. Oh, she did sign. That yeah, that's earlier in the week. I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah. So which was which was interesting because you know she was going after the NWA belt. Um, but I'd had an inclination that uh, Thunder Rosa was going to show up at some point, yeah. having just lost that belt, and sure enough, that's what happened. Like Serena got the win. Uh, it was a really good match. It just didn't have any like super standout moments or anything. 
it's um, the first title defense. It's on like a pre-show before the pay-per-view starts. Yeah. yeah. Which is even um, cooler. It was an NWA title defense too. So Mike yeah. and I were talking about like, I love that NWA and, um, and all elite are working together. It's kind of like how, mm-hmm. you know, ring of honor works with new Japan and WWE. Works yeah. Evolve, I guess. I don't honestly, know. it's really good for NWA. Like right off yeah. the bat to me, it comes off as, wow, that's a great move for NWA. Cause right now they're not doing a whole lot. And I know that um, a, there's a promotion that they partner with in California, like Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're basically doing the uh, United Wrestling Network, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're like, I don't, I don't think that's directly tied to NWA. I don't know the correlation or the relationship between that product and NWA, but NWA, like, power isn't on right now so right studio wrestling like that being their kind of that that's their niche that's their style or whatever they can't they can't really do that so um for them to kind of get involved this way uh it's great for nwa in terms of like being out there and being like hey we're still a thing um it's great for aew because i think the big one of the bigger gripes about fans and critics alike i think has been the women's division kind of needs a little bit of depth needs to get bolstered yeah um doing that with thunder thunder rosa and um allison k are definitely going to help do that Mm -hmm. for sure uh i don't know if that's that great for nwa though because then their women's division gets really shallow yeah if they lose thunder rosa and allison k well, so that's like an interesting I don't know if they're still going to be able to like when NWA starts running NWA, you know, labeled shows again. Uh, I don't know what that relationship is going to be like, but I mean, we'll see. Right. Um, and that wasn't the most the it wasn't the only collaboration that was brought up uh, on the night because mm-hmm. the, the show started off, which was crazy. They started off with the uh, AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament final match mm-hmm. uh, between yeah. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Wow. Um, that which opened? is cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that awesome opened, too. which is mm-hmm. funny because remember the AEW show that we all attended uh, here in Kansas City back in yeah, February. They, they opened with the 30 minute Iron Man. Omega and Pac. Yeah. Pac and Omega. Yeah. But what was cool to start out the match, you know, of course, when they start these shows, they'll bring out the uh, commentary team. So Jr. and Taz, or no Taz wasn't was Taz there? No, no, he wasn't there. It was Jr. He there. Okay. It was Jr. Shivani and um, and uh, Excalibur. Excalibur, gotcha. Yeah, the um, usual crew. Uh, but they were joined by uh, Don Callis of Impact Wrestling. Yeah, and huh. it said, and specifically his little uh, Chiron said like Impact Wrestling. And he said that the, they were excited to be working with AEW and that there would be more details in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a big deal, especially because Impact is on, they have a TV program. So, yep. you know, I was telling Kevin, like, I, that's exciting because that's something that they can do that a, that WWE can't or refuses to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At least they haven't done that since, you know, ECW 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, WWE tries to like silo themselves off in their own universe. And that's a lot of the reason why some of the, the matchups get stale because they're just doing the same ones over and over again here. If you're partnering with other promotions, 
um, you know, you can keep the matchups fresh by bringing in people mm-hmm. and, and then you can, you know, AEW will help bring more exposure to impact and, and, and NWA. And I yep. mean, you think the potential of like, you know, this granted we saw her way back at all in, but like Jordan grace can mm-hmm. show up on AEW or you can start having unique matches you know on AEW programming and just bring more awareness to them mm-hmm. like and then you can always have goofy not that it has to get as like you know i'm thinking like like invasion angles but you know it doesn't have to be like that yeah, you, you can just have, have like a survivor AEW people show up on review. impact yeah yeah or things like that like so. how ring of the ring of honor in new japan has war of the worlds you could have stuff like right. that where you have like five like on five tag teams labs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think that's perfect. Cause like, I always like when I went to that show in Chicago, it was amazing seeing ring of honor people versus, you know, like Los Ingobernables de Japón and shit like that, you know, like it's unbelievable seeing stuff like it's like your favorite Marvel versus DC crossovers back in the comic book days. So yeah. I mean, the fact that AEW and impact are reaching out to each other to like make that connection. I mean, the fans are the winners here, you know, and and you're right. More exposure for people like, you know, Ethan page, you know, and Jordan Grace, mm-hmm. and then you know, on the AEW side, you know, getting to see like John Moxley versus you know whoever you know like Impact, you know, people who are Impact, you know, just champion versus champion. I don't, I don't know who they're, who's the Impact champion right now. Uh, I think Rich Swan just beat Eric Young. Oh wow! See, like Eric Young's back in Impact, and that's awesome because Eric Young, man, outside of. Uh, whatever team they had him in wwe like nxt i would say like sanity oh yeah, yeah you remember like, sanity sanity was yeah, awesome dude. and they were so underutilized like and sanity they were was, never on tv yeah everything in nxt is oh. underutilized everybody in sanity was fantastic and they were all talented in their own ways like i mean everybody was just fantastic in that dude and i loved sanity yeah and that they makes went me absolutely like nowhere yeah for sure like Fans the, loved too. the interpromotional work that kind of oh we were talking about stuff that happened this week before we started, and I didn't even think of this. The pure title tournament for Ring of Honor, the finals just happened, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. They mm-hmm. air their shows on Mondays. So, like, by the time we get to here, Sunday rolls around. It's kind of, like, in the back of my brain. But Jonathan Gresham won the finals. Good. Uh, which, I mean, to me, wasn't a surprise. No. Uh, super happy for him. Congrats to Jonathan Gresham. Totally deserves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the right guy to really revitalize like pure wrestling and that style and that rule set and like he really treats it like it's even more than just a style like it's like a way of like it's a it's almost like its own separate entity in the sport which is awesome Mm -hmm. and you can really it it really transfers through the passion oh excuse me i just Knocked my windscreen out of my mind. He's so passionate uh, about it. See, I know he's so passionate that he's knocking windscreens and sound equipment way into the stratosphere. Um, no, he is very, very passionate about like reviving pure rules and pure wrestling. So that transfers through when he talks about it. So it's good for him. Congrats to him. Uh, they're still Dak Draper. I don't know if you guys saw this. Dak Draper is going to be on ROH next week. So tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, he and the other alternate for the tournament, uh, uh, the Mecca, Brian Johnson. Is that his name? Brian not Johnson? Sure. I think so. Um, I'm not sure. He's the Mecca. Um, they trained in the dojo a lot together, I think. Cool. And they're going to, yeah, they're going to have a pure rules match for Ring of Honor um, on their next week's show. 
EC3 made an appearance on Ring of Honor recently, either last week or two weeks ago. So he's he's been an impact now. He's been at Ring of Honor. EC3's kind of popping around. Um, and uh, what what Jonathan Gresham said after he won the tournament, this is why it popped into my brain, was he was talking about how um, like the next phase of like, you know, the ascension of pro wrestling is like doing joint promoted shows yeah where mm-hmm. there's more shows combining their rosters and creating this like super card of you know people from impact people from japan people from ring of honor people from aew if aew got involved and like more of that being like not a regular thing but where it's actually possible to do a super card like that you know, once a year. Um, so I think that would be like that. That'd be, I don't want to be like overzealous or over kind of react to it and be like, Oh, that'd be game changing. But mm-hmm. I think that would like, depending on how much success it had, that would like be a, a, a pretty significant shift, I guess, in kind of the, the culture or the style of, you know not indie wrestling but not wwe right you know corporate kind of wrestling so yeah it like because that middle ground is almost like the perfect place to be right now because you're in a very good position to support yourself and your family and make a living with wrestling and you're also still you know you have more liberties than you would if you were to sign a contract at a place like wwe so they probably um, more time or they can come up with new ways to like emphasize their value and their product and raise that and elevate it. I'm all for it. Yeah. And it, it's super exciting. It, you know, we, we kind of touched on a little bit in, in our interview last week with Jackson stone, which uh, I'll have more to say on that kind of when we're done, I'm going to start the show with that, but you know, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, please go listen to that as a yes. really, really good uh, interview. But he, you know, he talked about how, you know, even from his standpoint, like when he got into independent wrestling, his he he his initial goal was to get big enough to get signed by WWE, but now he's in a different place and having seen the results of people kind of trying to go that route and how they end up and where they end up, like he has different aspirations. Um, you know, we we just saw uh, Danhausen signed with Ring of Honor uh, this week, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which it, and that's all that's all I want for any wrestlers to get paid to do it and get paid well and have health coverage to continue doing it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's from just their health and care and well being. Um, but from yeah. an entertainment standpoint, like I, I certainly don't want them to go somewhere and then not get used or only wrestle like the same two or three people all the time. Um, so when you have that cross collaboration, it, it keeps matchups fresh. Mm-hmm. It, it has a potential for some really unique and goofy stories. Um, you know, especially with somebody like Dan Housen, you can just throw him into any story and automatically <laughs> it's, it's got its own flair to it just from him being part of it. Um, yeah. You know, Warhorse is another character mm-hmm. who's not signed with anybody at the moment, but he's been on AEW and I think he made a really awesome impression there. But he's the you know the kind of person that you can just inject into a story and it's automatically amplified with his presence. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to see out of you know more independent wrestlers. Kind of if they do sign places, just as long as they still have the freedom to kind of 
cross collaborate or or keep matchups interesting. You know, more power sure. to them. So um, they didn't give any more details on what's going on with Impact, but it was just the potential there is is really cool. Callus is so, like one of the uh, one of the head guys in charge, right? He's one of the I, be- yeah, I believe main guys so. up there. Yeah, I, so I, like for them to be working directly with him, that's like that's I think that bodes pretty well. Yeah. In well, terms of the growth of their business relationship, so yeah, and yeah, it, we'll see what happens with that. Now that we're per- done with that side rail, well, totally, it, it made perfect totally sense derailed that. from the card. Uh, how was the match itself? <laughs> well, Kev, you had something you wanted to I was going to say, it made perfect sense Don Callis was calling that match, though, because him and Kenny Omega have a lot of history. Because Don, yep. Don yeah, he was calling all the New Japan stuff. So yep. that's why I was, I think that's why they brought up specifically Don Callis for that and to show that relationship because of Kenny Omega. So I think that was a huge kind of like yep. a bridge together. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, as far as the match itself, it was pretty good, but it wasn't. It was another one that wasn't kind of memorable. It was it was kind of an energetic start, but I I think for the build up for Page versus Omega, I don't think it lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. If if possible, mm-hmm. like um, the, their styles are so I don't want to say different, but I mean I just don't know if Omega and Page, you're not getting some of those those cool spots that like Omega is capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did a few. I, I the him doing the, the like the moonsault off the railing outside the ring was a pretty crazy spot for as, as little height as he had to be able to make that move. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Paige had Kevin. Did he catch Omega and then hit him in that power bomb? Or I can't remember what the setup was, but he power bomb Paige power bombed Omega onto the the ramp like outside the ring. Yeah, leading Ooh. into it. Um, that was a pretty heavy spot. Mm-hmm. There was a, um, and then like Hangman even got or uh, Omega got Hangman in a one winged angel, which is insane. As big as Hangman was, like he was able to pull it off, and it almost like it looked scary. It looked like like Hangman was like inches away from hitting it, like landing on his neck, like it was crazy. But I think it was an intentional. Like it just made it look like he was really trying to. He had to put some effort into it to make it work, and it looked great. Like I mean, yeah. they, the match looked great. There was a lot of like, you know, like real close two counts as, as you'd expect from AEW, but it was overall, I thought it was a pretty good match. I kind of knew Omega was going to win it going into it because Omega has been on the cleaner thing lately. So he's been back to kind of like his like snarky kind of like heelish character. Oh, so Omega did win. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny yeah. Omega came up with a win on that one. So he's going to be the next challenger for the championship. And yeah, which kind of for me telegraphed what the main event how that was going to end but yeah. we'll get to that in a little bit um kevin and i were talking about that before the the finish like if you know in this case if hangman won that might have a different impact on the uh the main event uh title match so mm-hmm. yeah but, uh, maybe i mean it was so, it was good it wasn't a bad yeah. match at all it was I, just... I don't want to i don't want i know we've been talking about this match a lot already because we went on the side rail about um companies working together and stuff but it almost feels like this has been a recurring thing since dynamite started um, where people are like, you know, Oh, Kenny Omega matches, Kenny Omega matches. And then they happen and they're like, Hmm, wasn't bad per se, but it didn't hit right or something, something along those lines. So it kind of 
makes it begs the question from me uh you know omega obviously had that huge rise to prominence in new japan where he was putting on you know seven star matches <laughs> and you know he was going really really long with okada um they did you know like hour matches and then i think when he beat okada it was like an hour 45 or something crazy like that so the it begs the question from me does omega's style transfer to weekly television um i'm with you on that question mm-hmm. i don't i don't mean it negatively with omega i just think that no i don't either i think with the way that it, i think he's a special attraction and i think when given the opportunity he he puts on an amazing show i think when you try to get him to wrestle like weekly it's not as big of an attraction and he's having to kind of stretch out what he's capable of doing because i i don't know new japan's i think it's the opposite i think he's like he where it's become his thing to kind of you know really draw it out so he can't do that if he's not given that much time and on you know a two-hour weekly show you don't get that much time right so and this is something that i know everybody hates Cornette, especially you know when he talks about aew or whatever but one of the biggest things I think he talks about, I don't listen to him every week or whatever, but um, I think one of the biggest things that he had, like one of his biggest complaints with AEW is that they don't have a ton of people in there who have worked uh, with this style of a product before. In ter- what And what I mean by that is like weekly wrestling television, mm-hmm. like putting on a weekly show, formatting your show, the style in which the story it gets told it's different on weekly television than it is anything else. Yeah. Uh, and they don't have a ton of people in there, especially in like the decision-making roles that have a ton of experience doing that at a high level. So that is why some of these things don't quite, they don't feel like they translate the way they're intended to. I think I like, I don't, I don't want people to think that I'm saying this like, oh, he's he's pro Cornet and he's bashing AEW. Uh, that's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why you see some people that when they do watch it or, you know, fans of it, people who aren't fans of it, whoever, that's one of the bigger criticisms is that like the, the, these things that they try, don't get me wrong, it's great to try things and it's great that they're being creative, but they don't translate to an audience the way they are intended to they don't quite communicate the message right or their method in which they communicate it is off and you know that goes for booking that goes for their segments and it goes for their you know styles of their matches so it's kind of like a a huge adjustment period that kind of takes a long time to you know go through which is like learning the style style in which works best for whatever format it is your product is mm-hmm. and you know it was like that with it was like that when i was training in nwl and it's you know that because that way when i was doing that i was used to you know we filmed every two weeks for a weekly television show that was an hour long so you kind of you know you under you learned the formula over a period of time and you kind of understood why things were formulated that way and I don't think they quite have that done yet with Dynamite. Sure. So well, and that, I don't know and, if that has 
that might be, you know, me talking about a broader thing than, you know, whatever it is I'm, you know, I mean to be saying or whatever, but that I, I think that's like one of the big reasons you hear things like that about guys like Omega, who is good, you know, but like it's, there's a weird, like didn't quite hit right. Mm-hmm. Sure. I can see that. Well, and that, that kind of ties into, you know, we've had the discussion before where I, I was the one that was kind of griping that it seemed like AEW was bringing in all of WWE's cast offs and immediately catapulting them to a certain uh, type of exposure. You know, I mean, Moxley immediately became like their main event, one of their main eventers. Um, you know, FTR, you know, became tag team champs almost immediately. I yeah. complained about that, but you had brought up the counterpoint. These guys are properly trained and developed through, uh, you know, WWE's program. Why wouldn't you put them at the forefront? Because my th- my thinking is I want AEW to build new stars. I don't necessarily want them to piggyback off of, of WWE's cast-offs. Even when I agree with those people leaving WWE because they were being underutilized or badly utilized. Yeah. But that kind of ties into what you're saying. Like those guys know how to run. Uh, they know how to be part of a weekly TV show. Now they may have their own opinions on certain things and there may be too many cooks in the kitchen. We don't know, but those are people who have been on a weekly TV show who know about, you know, hard camera, who know about, um, you know, the, those intricacies that, that you don't have in a, uh, like a house show or something like yeah. that. What so camera that, that kind of feeds into your point. Yeah, because that was one of the first things that I noticed, too, when NWO went down is I went out on the indies and there were guys who, you know, if they were on a show that they weren't filming or whatever, or if they were filming, they didn't quite know how to, like, play to the camera or, you know, find hard cam and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this isn't, you know, a thing that everybody has down. So it's like, (laughs) depending on the environment that you have around you, especially in your developmental stages, is like it matters. It makes a difference. And there's some guys who, you know, who do translate well in certain roles on the show. Like, I think the reason Moxley, uh, got as, you know, he went as high as he did on that mountain as quick as he did was because of the, like the momentum that he carried with him out of WWE. Yeah. You know, it was a big deal when he left, it was a big deal because people kept talking about it. He was a constant, you know, conversation about at first it was, Oh, is he, is he going to resign his contract status? He, he told them he didn't want to resign. Oh, he's going to be leaving. When's he leaving, finding out when he was leaving and then seeing what they were doing with him on television. And in the meantime, it was like, he was a you know, he was buzzing. He was a constant talking point. Then when he did leave going to new Japan, doing the G one, winning the U S championship over there, um, and then showing up on AEW, like, and right from the jump, y- y- the crowd was crazy. He beat up Omega. Like, it, it, you kind of just tell when you yeah. have a crowd like that, the momentum that he had, you can kind of just tell, all right, this, this guy's going to be a big deal. If you, and don't get me wrong, things changed a lot between when he showed up. And when a guy like Miro or Matt Cardona showed up, you know, Cardona, I don't think is signed, uh, but he, he showed up like a couple times. 
Miro did Miro is signed and Miro's kind of like just another guy right now. And that's because they have a really big roster already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like finding uh ways to, you know, give people their reps and give them some time on TV and also trying to find what will stick to keep them on TV. It's kind of like you're balancing plates. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so it's, it's not going to, it's not one of those things where like everybody that they signed from WWE or from wherever else is going to, you know, is going to pop and be a top guy or wherever, or excuse me, but you know, it's still kind of a process Sure. that, and I don't, again, no idea how they do their thing. No idea how they produce their show, how they come up with their stuff or whatever. No idea how they run. I've never been in there, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, it's a every, especially there. It's kind of like some of the, some of the decisions or some oh, of the ways they go about uh, putting on their product is kind of like, it's different. It's it's different. It's, it's different, and sometimes that means things aren't going to connect the way you intend them to. Sure. Um, or something will click, and you don't expect it to click as well as it does. So, and that happens everywhere. Yeah, I just I feel like there's there, even after a year they still feel new enough. And granted, most of that first year has been through a pandemic, so like that totally derailed probably a lot of their original plans. So I, yeah. I, in a weird way with AEW, I give them the benefit of the doubt when they kind of drop the ball. I feel like they're still learning, and they and again, you know, I don't I'm not getting into ratings and stuff, but just watching the show, I do feel like they are getting better. Their camera cuts seem to be better mm-hmm. um the production seems to be smoother so that's and that's going to come with time um so you know i but i get it there there's hurdles definitely yep um they seem Match to be number two on yeah. the card <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we're really kevin smithing this uh card here yeah that's that's the way to do it man um no it's okay there's a few that we can kind of buzz through including the next one orange cassidy took on uh, John Silver of the Dark Order. Number uh, it was four, fine match. It was it was kind is. of a duet. What's his name in the Dark Order? Number four, I think. Number four, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that match was fine. It was it was kind of a comedy match, which was okay. I mean, they they still performed a little bit. Um, you know, ripping out Orange Cassidy's pockets so he couldn't put his hands in his pockets was kind of a like I like when they capitalize on things like that. Like, yeah, Silver thought he had the edge now that. You know, Cassidy couldn't do that, but you know, Cassidy still found a way. And, and yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about like the numbers thing because like, uh, the I don't dark know. Order's just I don't, weird, man. I don't. It is because Kevin like and I talked about don't that. Don't get me last wrong. Night. I get it. They wanted to, you know, they want to put them on TV and they want them to be this big heel faction and whatever. But like, they went from, and like just even even giving them numbers is like either don't give them anything if they're not like going to be a identity on TV yet, because if you give them all numbers, including the ones that have names and are going to wrestle singles matches, it kind of makes them feel like job guys. And I don't mean that in an insulting way at all. Don't get me wrong. Nobody wants to be a job guy, but like their leader doesn't care what their name is. So why should we? Well, I think that's, that's an interesting, it's an interesting take on a faction, like, I mean, it's 
and and, and they they do have a lot of factions weird right because now. like Brody Lee and they they beat up the whole Nightmare family and they take Cody's belt and then like a few weeks later Cody wins it back after a comeback and you know like three weeks later and you know and then it's kind of over so I I just I just don't know where I stand with the Dark Order thing sure. I don't know like from the outside looking in it's kind of just like it doesn't really feel like they know what they're doing and it doesn't feel yeah. like they have a whole lot of hope that that thing can like be a top uh commodity yeah, yeah. but no, it's been like yeah, that since their debut i mean they've always kind of been floating like no one really yeah. has a spot for them which is kind of a bummer yeah it, 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 i just don't know if you're supposed to take them seriously as like this they do enough comedic stuff that I don't think you can at this point. Exactly. That's the elite. Yeah. Like being the elite, which I don't, I don't mind, but it's, it's like, it has its place. And if you're not, if you're not, if your character or if your match is not supposed to do that, then when you go out there and do it, it's kind of like, it doesn't fit. Like if, yeah, if, you know, if the dark order are supposed to be these guys who their leader is like, we're taking over and like, you know, I'm making you the best you that you can possibly be. That doesn't sound like somebody that's going to go out there and wrestle a comedic match. So if you right, go out right. there and you do a couple jokes, like even if you do one or two like joke spots, if you don't, if if they're if they're kind of like ha ha wink wink nudge nudge at the crowd kind of jokes, it's not gonna. It doesn't come across right, and it doesn't make me want to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You know, it's like the the ha ha. We're gonna poke fun and we're gonna like let the fan, you know, go look at the fans and look at the camera and give it a wink and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't work on weekly television, in my own personal taste. Because yeah. like, you're you're supposed to be preventing a presenting a sports oriented wrestling show. So if you make a bunch of jokes and wink at the crowd, you're not very sports oriented, in my opinion. Like if you don't take yourself seriously as a sport, then you're sending the wrong message to your to your audience, but not to get too deep into it. Sure. No, I, I don't. If they want to go into like the Saturday morning cartoon villain route with them, like I'm fine with that. Just, just I, know I that that's not going to get it. you very high on. Like, yeah, that's not going to that sure, place sure. on the card. Yeah, and it's, like it has I mean, a it has a relatively low ceiling. Don't get me wrong; it's a great part of the show. Damian Mizdow, the stunt double, yeah, won the tag belts. You know, so like. Stuff like that can happen, yeah. and that's great. There needs to be stuff like that on the show, but it needs to go in the right spots. Sure, I agree. Yeah. Um, what was the next match, Kev? <laughs> I mean, the next match I have is uh, Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. Cody Rhodes, by the way. Yeah. The newly right, yeah. Cody Everybody made Rhodes. a big deal. He got Rhodes back, yeah. Yeah, because WWE did not uh, renew the, uh, I guess, their trademark or whatever on Cody Rhodes. So, good on them. That's an I, I – it's a nice move. I guess they could have done it and just kept it in perpetuity. It's kind of petty as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Which is totally in <laughs> their wheelhouse. wasn't making them any money. So sure. So, I mean, I guess if it's, it's, it was cool. Um, I mean, they made a big deal of, of Justin Roberts specifically getting to do the Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. kind of intro. Um, Darby, they had like a, like a taped segment of him out in the field with a sprayed painted car you know, doing this all dark, sinister stuff. And then he actually made his entrance in said car uh, and then climbed up on the car and started bashing the windshield with a skateboard. Um, So that was, that match was Uh. a lot of fun. Um, You know, I, not to harp on it too much, but I know Darby has some 
outside the ring kind of controversy from from the you know the speaking up stuff from earlier in the year so that's kind of a weird that part yeah it was it wasn't as highly talked about but it's it's been mentioned so it was especially following wrestling twitter as that match was going on it's just kind of weird because you notice they took him off tv for a little bit they just didn't mention it um Hmm. you know so that's that's weird and you kind of have to just kind of take that with, with a grain of salt but um i mean the match itself was was really good yeah um i mean particularly with i can't think of any super memorable spots but um you know I mean, obviously, it was kind of the stunner of the night, the fact that Darby got the win and is now your AEW uh, TNT champ. Mm. It was through so, a series yeah. of roll-ups, like, too. It wasn't, like, yeah. a, it wasn't a, like a super clean finish. I mean, it was a clean finish, but it wasn't like, you know, WWE style, like hit your signature, hit your finisher, go home. It was like right. they both hit their signatures at some point, or they both mm-hmm. hit their finishers, but then later on, it was like a, it just came down to a pinning predicament. Yeah, so that was that was kind of a big deal. Um, you know, Cody was honorable about it and kind of gave him the belt and gave him a bit of the rub. So that was, huh. that was cool. Then team so, yeah, Tez uh, came out. Interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then they had to get jumped. Yep. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Brian cage and, uh, Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks jumped Daddy. both of them. So I'm sure they'll have like a tag match probably at the next pay-per-view or something. Yeah. Um, what was interesting was seeing Will week. Hobbs, uh, Will Hobbs saved Darby. Because uh, Darby, at one point they had him, they were beating up Darby on the, like outside by the car, and they were about to slam the car door on his arm, and then Will Hobbs came out of nowhere and like broke it up, like got like scared him off. So that was cool to see. Hmm. So, um, that one went really well. Uh, I think it was about that point, or maybe a minute after the Kenny Omega Hangman match, um, that. Uh, they had a commercial announcing uh, AEW games. Mm-hmm. Their video games division is going to have an announcement uh, this Tuesday, the 10th. Um, so we don't know what that's going to be yet, but that's pretty exciting. They've from, from the formation of AEW, they've talked about wanting to do a video game and wanting to do a good video game. Um, they've obviously, they've been inspired by the old uh, N64 you know, WWE games like WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy mm-hmm. and WCW versus NWO Revenge, that style of a Classic. wrestling game, they've talked about nonstop. So um, this might be the first announcement of their, like their high-end, you know, AEW wrestling game. I joked with Kevin, I was like, watch, they just announced some sort of like mobile game. Yeah. You just send everybody. Like AEW like Battlegrounds. Right. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about that next week after they've made that announcement. I hope, hopefully it's a, like, you get some gameplay or something. But, I hope so. I miss a good um, wrestling game. We'll if, see. If they're about a year out, this is probably about the right time to make an announcement. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Like Start a, building that hype. Mm-hmm. But a high-end, like, next-gen AEW wrestling game would be pretty mm-hmm. sweet. WWE probably won't be out next year. Or if it will, it won't be very new. They've had True. a year to work on it, but they didn't do shit. You know that it's WWE. That's true. It, it's 2K. Like they don't give a shit about WWE anymore. Like as soon as Yukes uh, left the team, they they just it fell to shit. Yeah, really quickly. So uh, next up was the uh, AEW Women's World Title Match: uh, Hikaru Shida defending against Nyla Rose. Um, 
it was an okay match. It's there again. We we've already mentioned their women's division needs some, um, needs a little bit of juice. Shot in the arm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I, I think she does a lot of fun. Like I just, I don't know if they've, they've really promoted her enough. I don't um, know the first thing about her. She's been champion for how long? It's been mm, most of this year. Um, I don't we, know I a just, single thing about her. We saw her. She's she from was Japan. champion when we saw her, I think, wasn't she? Was she champ? No, I think not. I think Nyla she Rose lost is still it champ? At, no, her, she wanted a double or nothing. Oh, okay. So she's so she's been champ for a few months now. Um, that was when she beat Nyla Rose. I think they need to battle. they need to give the the women that they do have and the women that they had like think they have legs with, they need to start giving them some depth and like telling us things about them. Because yeah. like like I said, I don't, I don't, and I don't mean to be disrespectful about it or whatever, but like she's been champion for like feels like a while now, mm-hmm. and I still like don't know the first thing about her. So I'm just yeah. like, okay, what what is there for me to invest in other than okay, this is a match? Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I'll. You know I'll what I mean? For- that's why I think that's why the general consensus is that they need to bolster the division is because we need some some like depth from the characters and from the roster, like. You know what I mean? And and I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched being the elite in so long, but I know even then when I was watching it, it was a bit of a sausage fest anyways. Yeah. So. Apologies for the peanut gallery behind me. Um, But uh, yeah, yeah. Their, their women's division. Definitely. You can't just keep throwing matches on there with no. Because I feel like they've done no Sheeta versus Nyla Rose like four times already. And it's yeah, like, yeah. all right, Nyla Rose doesn't feel like that big of a monster anymore. So it's kind of just like, like you gave her Vicky Guerrero and then you had her lose again anyway. So it's like, what was the point of that? Well, and it I, was, just, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. feel like they know what they're doing. And of course, shout out to Nyla for the, the awesome Mega Man inspired gear. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was cool. Um, but yeah, like it was the same thing here. You know, Sheeta gets the win. Vicky Guerrero throws a fit in the ring and slaps Nyla. And like normally, that would be the moment where Nyla would like defend herself and like choke slam Vicky Guerrero or something. And I guess they delayed that. It was, I think that was kind of a, a bad choice to have Vicky slap her and then Vicky gets to walk away. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, it also I'm shows okay the influence with, Vicky has, though. So that's I mean. true. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm always I was telling Kev same thing last night. Like I, I always enjoy those moments where the manager takes it too far and then gets put back into their place and the person like the Bobby you know, Heenan syndrome. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like for in, in that instance, I would look at what Paul Heyman is doing with Roman and the way they kind of the the dynamic that they have on screen, and I'm like that's it. Cause like we you know because we still don't know how Roman and Heyman came to a working relationship, especially since one of Roman's biggest opponent, like enemies throughout his career has been Brock. But like now they're working together and it's kind of like Roman's acting different and he is behaving different. Mm-hmm. We need a backstory. And, episode. <laughs> yeah. And like the way Heyman behaves towards Roman and a, a, like a, with when talking about Roman, when Roman's not around, because now we've seen that too. And it's like, okay, there's something to that. There's a reason why it kind of adds some of that intrigue. Stuff like this, I'm like, 
She does not care. She has no fear whatsoever. And it's like, we have no indication that like Vicky actually has a grip on this monster that she's, you know, uh, managing. Like it's, it's not, it's not quite the same as Roberts and, uh, and Lance Archer where Jake Roberts is like, Hey man, I'm not stopping him, whatever he does, because he'll kill me, let alone what he'll do to all you guys. So mm-hmm. all I can do is, you know, help him make his bread. So, like, it's it's just, ugh, it's not doing it, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Mike, you're muted. <laughs> no, thank you for the update. Um, so... The next match, I, I I have to admit, I missed this match because I had to go pick up dinner. It was match so night. <laughs> I made I made the trip to Olive Garden while this happened. So oh man, did you run into Virgil? Yeah, he's getting that meat he's sauce. Out there wait, he had a table set up. He was just signing autographs. <laughs> I you know man, I'm still. I would love to have like dinner with Virgil. That would be interesting. Mm, you say that, but man, he's gonna put, he's gonna make you foot the bill. <laughs> right, right. That's the difference. Like I, it was expensive enough for two people. I'm not about to add Virgil to, to the. Yeah, bill. you know Come Virgil's on. gonna eat too. <laughs> That's true. He's all about that meat sauce. <laughs> um, you gotta take breadsticks home. <laughs> right. That's man. That's the, that's the trick. My wife. Briefly, when we were like, we just got married. She worked at Olive Garden. We lived off breadsticks. Lived off them breadsticks. Mm. That's 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 a, a poor life to to lead for a little bit there, but it was worth it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I missed the tag team title match between the Young Bucks and FTR. Uh, I did get to see you know their entrances, which was cool because uh, honoring at least where the Bucks came from, they came out in like Lakers inspired gear, and then FTR to pardon me to be on brand came out in like Boston Celtics themed gear. So that was kind of neat. But Kevin can tell you a little bit more about how, like what went on during the match. No, it was fantastic. Uh, It was like, to me, it was the match of the night uh, as far as, because it was two clashings of styles. You know, this is something that's been building up for a couple of years, even back when, you know, FTR was in WWE, you know, uh, the whole FTR started because it fucked the revival, you know, and then they turned it into forever, the revival and made money off of it. Uh, then they get to come here and still be called FTR, you know, just with something different. I, I don't even, what the fuck does, was it forever? What it, what does FTR mean in this? Company? They've said it stands for a lot of things like fear, the revolt, uh, yeah. you know, uh, the revolution. <laughs> okay. Something. At least it's okay. Know. So I'm not like missing something here, but yeah, so no. FTR, like they put on like an old school classic match, but they started like, and this is cool because like, once again, the commentators really made the match because they're storytelling this. These guys are putting a clinic on. Uh, and the thing is they're doing different teams throughout history. They're doing all of their different moves. So you see stuff like you see a Frankensteiner into a, like a bulldog. Like, you know, you see some Steiner's action. You saw at one point they fucking did the DIY finisher. You like the, uh, the Chiampa, like, and like they did that where they did the prey thing and they kicked, they both like super kicked, uh, somebody in the middle. I think it was like Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson. And like, so they were doing like all these different finishers, like the like the young bucks did the 3d, uh, they ended up doing, uh, they did the fucking Hardys. They did a twist of fate into a Swanton bomb. Like it was cool. It was just a, it was a beautiful ode to tag teams throughout the whole decades. They were doing stuff, you know, from the mm. rock and roll express. They did. I think at one point they did an electric chair 
like you know from Legion of Doom, like it was it was cool. They just like did so much to pay tribute to it. And the thing that sucked about this match going into it was they put the stipulation: Young Bucks did the Cody thing and said, "If we lose, we'll never challenge for the tag team belts again." So you know, obviously, they were gonna win. You know, and it right. ended up the 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 thing that made FTR lose is one of my favorite things about this whole story is, you know, their whole thing has always been no flips, just fists. Well, uh, was it Dax Hardwick? No, it wasn't Dax. It was uh cash Wheeler fucking went for a flip, failed miserably. And then the, the match momentum turned and the young bucks got the win. Like, and that was the thing. The one decision they made was to go for a flip and it fucked them in the end. And I love, <laughs> I love that long-term storytelling of this whole thing. But yeah, that had to be the match of the night for me. I really liked FTR versus mm. Young Bucks. Young Bucks ended up coming away the champions. So they, besides Cody, I guess, they were the first like I got EVPs to hold gold. But then, you know, Cody's got the title, so, or had the title. Yep. But it's cool to see them win it. And I could see them in a way, they're either going to be transitional champions to give away, because it seems like the EVPs are really looking out for the young talent. It doesn't seem like they're really have that Hulk Hogan or Kevin Nash thing where they want to like hold create, you know, hold creative. Yeah. It seems like they just want to tell the story. So I don't think they're going to be champions for very long or they're going to go on and be champions for a very long time until someone like a new team comes and dethrones them. But it was FTR versus young Mucks. I don't feel like it's done, but it was definitely a cool thing to finally see after all these years of like being fans of both teams. And it was, yeah. like I said, if you want to see a great tag team match, check it out. Mm. Um, and then next up was the it was funny because the right as the Young Bucks FTR match was starting, Kev was like, "Yeah, I think there's just like one match left." Because uh, like it was like it was like nine thirty at that point or something. Yeah, sure enough, there was like three more matches left. Oh uh, goodness! The next one, of course, was a, a little bit. I, I'm sure most of it was pre-taped. It, yeah, uh, I think but, it was all pre-taped. Yeah. But it was uh it was on the Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy taking on Sammy Guevara in oh, the, they what they call the elite deletion. deletion things. Yeah, okay, the elite oh, deletion. Yeah, and I saw that. Uh, yeah, Hurricane Helm showed up. Gangrel showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yep, just a Gangrel bunch. Gangrel was heel as fuck. Just a bunch of weird out there shit. Some tomfoolery. Yeah, and, I saw. And I saw some of that. It's crazy because the Hurricane Helms, you know, appearance ties back to the the one that they did. Uh, for WWE like two years ago that he showed up in. So like that's at one point Matt Hardy talked, made a, a joke about long-term storytelling or something. Yeah. It was, it was hilarious. It was your comedy match slash, you know, like cinematic match of the night and they did a good yeah. job, but like, it was Sammy. Was Gavar a, I still wish they wouldn't open. talk like that though. Like, yeah. like uh, just saying stuff like, um, I saw that I saw a clip of him when the match started and Sammy drove in with his golf cart and then his golf cart stopped working and Matt Hardy tried to run him over with a fucking monster truck or something. <laughs> and he goes, now that's a squash job. And I was like, come on, man. Like, it's like, I get it, but come on, yeah. leave the fucking insider terms out of it. I'm, I feel that way about any, about all promotions. Yeah. Just like, don't, don't do that stuff just because like you're if people because for the people that don't get it, you're cutting them out of the joke and then they feel like, oh, they don't get it. And it just, yeah, ah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's better ways to be too inside. So. 
almost that's lazy. A, yeah, I don't want to be the I don't want to be the guy that's like too insider. Ugh. But like I don't know. There's there's more original, less almost lazy, I guess, ways to be funny. Yeah, I don't know. That's just a, that's just me. I enjoy the Hardy multiverse. It's it's pretty wicked that it's gone. It's goofy, so yeah. Times. Like in a in a vacuum, it's kind of like you know, it's funny and it's mm-hmm. like, how the fuck do you come up with this shit? Yeah. And I don't know. I I don't want it to become a thing where it's like, all right, it kind of overstays its welcome because that like when they did, which one was first? Was it Final Deletion that blew up and was a huge thing, or was it? Because like they did like was, three yeah, of them the in the before they yeah, came the back to WWE, the right? Okay, so like the, after that like was the still third back one impact, they did, I think, right? I was gonna say I think that was yeah, it was Impact was the big one. It wasn't yeah, even Impact; yeah. it was still TNA at that point. It was before it was Probably. when Dixie they Carter did, like, was still in charge. Well, my point is they did like three of them in Impact, and uh, he came to WWE. They they both came over to WWE, and I was like, all right, well, when they have Matt start doing the broken stuff, uh, they'll probably do at least one. And I was like, how long can this go without them overstaying their welcome? You know, like how many times can you tell the joke before the joke gets stale? Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole thing of, do you even want wrestling to be presented as a joke? And it's like, uh, you know, I don't want to open that can of worms. (laughs) Not not yet. We still have way too much to cover and not enough time. So I would say we're going to have to have that episode one of these days. That's going to be a fun debate. I know. And people are going to think I'm a fucking cornet. Well, it's just, it's you and I, I think are on different spectrums, like different sides of it. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. That's some foreshadowing. We'll get, we'll get there eventually. There will be another pod (laughs) for that one. We'll do another episode for that. Yeah. No one's looking forward to that. You guys look, we'll get there eventually. I'm not like, looking oh, forward to it because I, I feel like I'm going to be the square and everybody is going to be like, you're no now, fun. Everyone likes their own. I mean, like I said, I was a juggler sure. back in the day, you know, and like, I mean, everyone has their opinion on something. No, as far as like, okay, that makes you sound even worse. No, you know what I mean? Like, don't feel bad about your opinion because everyone's no, yeah, got one. It's, it's, it's your opinion and, and, it's and you, you, have an, you have an insider perspective. Like Kevin Ooh, and cool. I are just fans <laughs> and we're just smarts who just like, you know, enjoy and think about this stuff a lot more than we probably should, like yes. to an unhealthy degree. Um, you know, oh, it's so even it's, worse on the inside. Don't get me wrong. Prob- yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's just it's just fun to have you have yeah. a completely different perspective than what we could ever have. But also by being an insider, like I don't, I think you you see it from, you know, you see how the sausage is made more so than we do. So we get to kind of appreciate the sausage without that. Knowing all the ingredients. Hey man, I make some of that sausage. There you go, exactly. So <laughs> not the yeah, not the big time sausage. sausage, but I make like I make like little ones, like the little smokies. I make little smokies. <laughs> little smokies are, man, little smokies and some barbecue sauce and a crock. It's a great Super Bowl is, food. Right? Yeah. So it's almost mandatory okay. We're getting off track yeah. again. Oh, I haven't had them wrapped in bacon. Oh, you haven't mm. lived then. What's it like being not alive? Oh, right. Mmm. <laughs> have to try that sometime. Uh, so that match was a lot of fun. Private party showed up at one point. Yeah. Um, I sent Kevin a, a tweet. Somebody had, had posted in a, a random um, Discord chat. They're like, private party is is willing to discard the body for you, and that's what makes them baby faces. I yeah, that was funny. you said that to me, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you're going to help was- me bury a dead body that presumably <laughs> I murdered, and that makes you a good guy? Yeah, yeah. What? Friends are no. 
<clears throat> like, okay, I think I get the preface is like the, the idea is, oh yeah, they're so loyal. You know, they're like, they're such good friends that even if you murdered somebody, they'd help you hide the body. And I'm like, no, that's not like, that's not how off, any of this why works. am I murdering someone? Secondly, why are my friends helping me? Like, I'm just, uh, I don't know. That, that didn't land right with me. See, but. you know, when it, when it happened to me, Kevin was the first call I made, and Kevin did the job, and I appreciated it, and we haven't talked about it since. I still sent you the bill. You haven't gotten back to me with that. You did. You did. I oh, mean, that man. upholstery in the car was really right. hard to replace. You know, you watch enough of those uh, crime shows on... Uh, Dexter. With, it's like yeah. the it's like that scene in uh it's like the scene in pulp fiction where they accidentally uh mm-hmm. shoot that guy in the back in the back seat <laughs> they're like man why am i picking brains out of the seat kevin w cleaner they called me the wolf <laughs> right okay mike what was the next match please um we have 15 more matches to go in this pay-per-view <laughs> right I know. That's, that's right that's how i feel uh no the next one was was which again, I haven't been watching AEW, so I don't understand the setup for this. But it was MJF taking on Chris Jericho. Oh yeah. And the stipulation was if MJF won, that he was a, mem- a member of the inner circle. Yeah. So I don't know what I the know loss they, was. Like if he lost, I don't know what it was. Like they, I don't yeah, think I don't, they ever I don't think there it. was, which is automatically tells you how. how the I guess you'll never get. be in the elite or the uh, inner circle. Yeah. I know they, I guess they had a musical number a couple of dynamites back that everybody said was really good. But oh, dude, the people like, wacky. yeah, I don't get me wrong. I know for a fact Cornette hated that well, he for sure. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, I, I heard that they did a Broadway musical number on a segment and I was like, what? <laughs> I yeah. was like, they I, did I it was what? good. Yeah. And yeah, don't get me like, I was like, huh. All right. Well, uh, that's new. <laughs> See, I don't mind the entertainment stuff. It's for me, I get messed up by the like the real life stuff. So, like Chris Jericho, his podcast and his Twitter, he has slanted a certain direction in recent years, and like he he made some news. Well, not news, but he kind of you know ruffled. Oh, some were you talking about week. Sturgis when like two hundred thousand people were Sturgis there? Was part of it. COVID well, this week it, yeah. when he. He started out the twi- tweet like like I'm not a po- what do you say I'm not I'm not I'm not a political, a political person. Yep, I saw that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I saw uh, that one. of course, getting dunked on by CM Punk, which was yep. hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, everyone so, dunked on. He got ratioed in his own post because he's like, I'm not a political person. Everyone's like, Well, your donations <laughs> show otherwise. Right. And, like everyone's posting like having having oh, flat earthers shit. on your podcast is a uh, you know. Oh, yeah. So shit. Damn. so Jericho's wrecked. So it's like. For me, it's the luster of of Chris Jericho has kind of worn off. Um, just it's hard to appreciate what he's doing in the ring and that character, knowing kind the of the artist what he's is doing. getting in the way of his art for you. Yeah, yeah, okay, very much so. And that I mean, that's well, that's like being a fan that's of just Flip me. Gordon. But yes, yeah, exactly. And I mean, well, don't you know, get me wrong, Flip Gordon's not fucking Chris Jericho and never will be. So that's true. I mean, I don't know. Like, they may not talk about that on Twitter, but whatever they do on their own time is their business and they're entitled to that. I just took your wording and just kind of took it. A different <laughs> you know, that's what we do on around here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no. uh, who, yeah, so did MJF end up winning that match? Yes. I yes, he so. did. He, it, match. Was, it was cool. He, he got, he pulled his ring out of his trunks 
Jericho got his baseball bat, and then they did the Eddie Guerrero thing where MJF just like he, he I think he flipped off Jericho and then fell on his back, and then um, Aubrey Edwards, who was who was refing the match, she turned around and saw Jericho with the bat. Uh, and then while Jericho was arguing his case, MJF ro- rolled him up uh, with a with a schoolboy. Schoolboy got, got the one two three. Yep, it was oh, hilarious so. too. Yeah, Wardlow. So and Wardlow's now in the inner circle by proxy. So yeah. Wardlow and MJF are in the inner circle now, Jesus. and MJF is still undefeated in AEW. Like that's something that blew my mind. I mean, good on a Wait, good on. Where, he has one loss, right? Because he wrestled Moxley. Did he wrestle Moxley? Yeah, he did at the... Uh, I think he did that at the beginning of the year. Really? Let me see. Because I thought... Because they were saying like he's still undefeated. It was either the beginning of the year or it was all out. Uh, according to Google, he is 8-1. and one. Oh, okay. So then probably the Moxley match. So Yeah. <clears throat> but still, amazing like what he's been through. Like I mean, just... Once again, going from seeing him at all in to where he's at today, it's he's like one of the biggest heels in the business. So it's amazing to see like what he's done. I think if you were to take anybody, if you were to look at that entire roster and be like, all right, you get one. Everybody's picking MJF. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. It's not it's like. I and I've heard the I've heard the counter to that, too, where it's like, well, it's not like he's a his gimmicks very original or whatever. And. I don't think it's necessarily about that. You don't you don't have to be like every single thing about you doesn't have to be never before seen before, especially now, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about uh whether or not what you're portraying works for you and how organic it comes across. Yeah, you, you don't and have to be originally does that role as as much as that role's been done, he does it so well. And he puts so much of himself into it that it does feel like it has a bunch of, you know, uniqueness to it because yeah, there's been, you know, like the Ted DiBiase's and there's been like, you know, guys like the Miz who are like, Oh, I'm too Hollywood to do this. So I'm going to have my hench guys do it for me or whatever. And he's doing the, yeah, you know, I'm better than you and you know it. And he's got all this money and he's a spoiled rich kid. Um, so like it's all basically the same preface, you know, but they're all very different characters. Uh so for him and and his promos are, you know, so good and he backs it up with like a pretty astounding amount of psychology oh, for his age, you know, cuz he's like what, 25? Yeah, they were saying like he's 24 or 25, which blows my mind once again. You know, yeah, because so he's like, and ultra that's, successful. <laughs> oh god, I got a cough. Hold on. Yeah, so it's it's cool to see him Sorry. at such a young age be so successful. Yeah, like it's, uh, you know, uh, I had a thought and then I coughed it out. <laughs> uh, I knew where I was going with that, but no, the guy lives the gimmick though. I mean, he really, like, yeah, no, he's really. That's what you know. He's, is. is he? Is he? But is he maybe really a piece of shit? I mean, I think that's why it works so well is because some people genuinely don't know. Yeah. When you can't differentiate and you're just and you're asking yourself, man, is he really like this all the time? Do you know how seldom you can get that now? Yeah. Like everybody knows everybody's in on it. And yet you've got this guy who people are like, 
but isn't he like that all the time? That's huge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you got to use that. And I think that like of all the things they've done well so far in their first year, MJF's the only thing that they've done completely right the entire time. I can see that. I can, I can definitely like, see like, that. Like I'll put, I'll put the way they've done business with MJF over pretty much anything. They've done better with him than they've done with Cody, than they've done with Moxley, than they've done with Kenny, than they've done with the Bucks. And like for different reasons, don't get me wrong. It's not all directly related to, you know, Kenny Moxley or the Bucks or whoever. It's not directly related to those guys, but they've done better with MJF, I think, in terms of like his presentation, his character, uh, the segments. I'm going to kind of leave the musical bit out on its own because i don't know how to feel about it it was a jericho i don't want to be that. like oh it's terrible even though like i don't know i've i've never seen or even heard of somebody trying that before so that got that's got to count for something it, it i guess that's like they did it yeah they're yeah. out there it sounded like it worked for him uh well good for mjf there you go yeah good so deal. he's we'll he's see how inner uh, mjf's inner circle looks i think mm-hmm. he's gonna no i think he's gonna i fold. see i think that's the next move is he's jericho's if whenever Jericho decides to step away from AEW, which may be happening soon, you know, yeah. that's that's what would happen is MJF would take it over. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, either that, and, then it's, and it's going to be some kind of like how when Cody joined the Bullet Club and he was kind of like usurping from Kenny Omega. I feel like right. that's what's going to we're going to see in this inner circle is where we're going to see even the, and it was like that because you know you had oh yeah uh, you know Tamatanga and you know you had like that old school Bullet Club obviously hate Cody so it's going to tear the inner circle in in half. You know, it's going to be one of those angles. I bet it's going to play out. That's it's, that's the direction I'd go with it because that's fun. Everybody I'm, loves a good usurping yeah i'm certainly looking forward to uh inner circle wolf pack that's gonna be awesome. yeah (laughs) (laughs) conan can come back since we got taz already out you just get conan you just get a bunch of old school managers kevin nash is gonna show up i'm running wolf pack now you could toss my salad and peel my potatoes it's like whoa conan no 2020 (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe he got the i can't believe he got away with saying that in wcw like every week like telling people to toss a salad on live TV. Like it blew my mind. Even in the nineties, I knew what that meant. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, so, from piggybacking off of that, let's wrap this pay-per-view up. Yeah. Well, luckily we are down to the final match, which was the, uh, I quit match for the AEW world title, uh, with, between John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And I mean, being an I quit match, like it, you knew it was just going to, it was, you know, there, there wasn't going to be, you like, knew there were going to be tax. You knew there yeah. was going to be a lot of brutal uh, shit. So there was, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was really exciting to see Eddie Kingston in that yeah. spotlight in that moment. Hardcore um, too, man. Yeah. It was, it was a really, I mean, they, they were bleeding from the start. So um, I thought it was really smart to come out with the, uh, the rubbing alcohol. I thought that was a good move. I've always wondered that. That, Anytime there were bloody matches like that, that was like, cool. Yeah. I've never seen that before, and yeah, I, I cringed. That. It was awesome. Yeah, I think that that goes to. I think that like, oh yeah, I saw that on the. I saw that they posted that spot on social media or something, and I saw it, and I was like, man, that works so well on so many levels because yeah. like the re like the catharsis that the like that's the reason I think moves like the eye poke or the low blow have always been kind of that staple of what they are is because 
not everybody, not every fan, almost no fan is going to relate to you being picked up and body slammed or you taking a suplex. They can't relate to that, but they can relate to getting poked in the eye. They can relate to getting kicked in the balls. They can relate to, you know, getting like your hair pulled and they, they can relate to the sting of rubbing alcohol on like a cut or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so genius yeah. because like, you know, Moxley's obviously going to react to that. And it's so cathartic. Like people can imagine when they do that to your hand and you're just kind of like, and you're shaking it and you're just like, oh, okay. And then it kind of like hangs out for another couple seconds and then it goes away. But like to go through tax or something like that, and then to have it just dumped on you. Oh man, your whole back. And like, yeah, that was hey, genius. You know, at do least the, at least it sterilizes it the wounds. I was gonna say, oh, that's yep. it. But do you think it was gimmick? Do you think it was just water in there? Cause you can get away with it. Cause no one's no. going to be able to smell it. I don't know. I don't care. Either way, it works. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But been, like, from a but, safety but standpoint, I mean, it probably was, you know, it probably would have been better to be water, but who knows? No, I, I, I feel like you saw Eddie actually have to, he had to rip the seal off. Did, oh. I mean, granted, that, that could have been rigged, but I mean, he did there in the in the ring. He he ripped off the, uh, Knowing the seal from the bottle. Knowing those crazy I, motherfuckers, I could definitely see it being I was going to say, I definitely I think, don't think they would have wanted to gimmick it. So Yeah, yeah I think that was legit. But um, it was it was it was a beautiful story being told in that ring. It really was. It, it's a weird side effect now when they're you know like a wrestler's spouse or partner is like live tweeting the match, mm-hmm. watching their their yeah, partner dude. get the shit done to them. You know we we saw it with Rebby Hardy when Matt suffered the concussion. Well, oh, uh, what we it, thought was a concussion. Remember he what we believed to be it was a concussion. Yeah, but I mean like she got legit pissed online. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, she was live tweeting during the uh, elite deletion too, which was funny as hell. Because she was in it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but I mean, like in this case, you know, uh, Renee was able to kind of watch the match and and could legit tweet about it now. And now she's no longer WWE. Yeah, I love but that. like I, I love it so much. Seeing her get kind of like concerned and kind of pissed at what he was putting himself through uh, in the match is is. It's like, sadly, it's kind of entertaining, but it's also really sad because you're just like, knowing what they're going through, watching their loved yeah, one go yeah. through this is like, it's like immersion breaking. It adds to it, bit. yeah. But it adds sure. to it, to the emotion, too. Yeah. We all have a Baker look on our face. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. <laughs> just doing the, uh, so. Yeah, dude, the biggest, biggest, um, I don't know, the biggest uh, good good feeling for me out of this is that Eddie gets to be in the main event and that Eddie gets yeah. that build, which was amazing. Yes. Like I think like two or even three of the promos that he cut all to kind of like build this feud were so good. They were like the best promos I've heard all year. And yeah. maybe even in, you know, beyond that, like, oh, he just he cuts such good promos, man. Yeah. The, the one this week where carry, it carries over into the ring yeah. it with like what the, the you know, the, the psychology that he uses and the little things that he does. It it all just carries over and him him as a package is so believable. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just can't help but root for the guy. I love as, him. You yeah. know, it was awesome. Seeing him I, from the Indies and on the way up and Man, the uh, the the one from Dynamite earlier this week where he was standing in the ring and he had his back to to Moxley and Moxley was, you know, yelling at him and 
like, he was talking he, about he his was, mom. I sat yeah, at your was, mother's house and like, I promised her I would take care of you. Like, it just was like, so, oh, it was fucking real. The framing, like, of, of, of Eddie just, you know, like, I'm not going to look at him. I'm not going to look at him. You know, like, it was, and especially for TV, it was an actor. so good. Yeah. yeah, it was so great. I loved that promo. Like, I loved he's not, it so much. I mean, like, if he can hold it up, man, I mean, he's got, he's got Hollywood in him. I mean, he's got acting chops. I don't know how. I think. But like, I think like the reason because I've and I've heard this too like like Moxley's promos and the what they're like the reason that they kind of especially that one where they were face to face the reason they worked so well is because Eddie forced him to match him in terms of like how intense Eddie was yeah. how personal Eddie was getting and how just into that moment because like a writ like the if you saw, if you see the one that they posted on social media, it kind of cuts it out. But like John was kind of doing the whole like, oh, uh, you know, like you and I were friends before, and he was kind of getting kind of dramatic and you know, pro wrestler y with it, and for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie like got in his face, and you know they nose were nose to, to nose. nose, and he was just like, no, you motherfucker, and he was like, you're, no, oh, he was like, you're gonna get into this, and I'm gonna scream at you, and he started talking about his mom and like. Moxley got into it because of that. It was like, awesome. It was such a good promo, such a good build up to this match. So, I mean, I'm I'm bummed that I didn't get to see it, but I'm super happy for Eddie. The way it ended yeah. was insane. I mean, once again, yeah. it's something I what haven't was the seen before. It was kind of a, there was a the, the only flaw to the match, or I won't say the only. The major flaw was the fact that that Bryce Remsburg, who was refing it, didn't have a mic. So, you know, usually in an I quit match, they have to put the microphone up to the person for them to yell, I quit really uh. loud. So he didn't have a mic or anything. So at one point, and I, I can't remember the, the um, at one point during the match, Eddie had taken uh, a, a strip of the barbed wire off of the bat and had wrapped it around his fist and had pummeled on Mox with it. Yeah. Mox later got it that same uh strip back and had wrapped it around his forearm Jesus. and then yeah. put eddie in that lock I, I can't think of what the name of that lock is um but like he was gonna choke he had him uh, choke eddie out with, with it barbed wire around with barbed his... wire up against eddie's like throat so the camera <sighs> gets in close bryce gets in and asks him you know do you say i quit and it, he kind of mumbled it but you can't really tell yeah it was just like I quit, you know, something like that, and that's what ended the match. But it was it was kind of confusing if you didn't catch it. Yeah. Um. So that's what I've seen a lot of that on social media. It's like he didn't say I quit. Yeah. Everyone's he, like it's making a controversy. Like he never quit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he did, but it was it was really hard. And it could have been intentional. It could have been intentional for I that. I think reason. so. Yeah. I I just oh. don't agree with that choice. Like in an I quit match, it, it should be clear. I mean, it should be clear that he said it or he didn't. Like, don't half-ass it. Yeah. Because um, I haven't pre-recorded like they did back. Mick Foley versus The Rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I quit. I quit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, but yeah, he ended. So he ended up presumably saying he quit. Um, you know, Mox celebrated. Mox tried to help him up, and Eddie wasn't having it. So he kind of limped out of the ring and and limped away. And then Kenny Omega came out from the back and stood outside the ring and started jarring with uh uh mox a little bit yeah <laughs> pretty much pointing at the ring i it's it seemed like mox wanted him to come in but kenny wasn't having anything with the uh yeah the he came match. out in his like tennis shoes it's funny it's funny when he always comes out yeah it was like, like 
like those little it's, white shoes. It's exactly how I saw him when he was leaving uh, Starcast that at yeah, two in the morning. Comfortable shoes. You gotta do that thing. Pretty much, like, stumpy shoes and shorts. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, it was, get yeah, you. it was. I'm gonna get shit you. They do the belt thing. They go, oh yeah. yeah. Jesus! So, somebody just screamed outside my door. <laughs> so that's like, that's what up. I was talking. <laughs> that's what I was talking about earlier. Because during the night, we or you know, Kevin and I were talking. I was like, if Hangman would, or if I wanted Eddie to win the belt, and if like Hangman had won that number one contender match, I could have seen Hangman versus Eddie Kingston for the AEW title, like you know, kind of making a transitional. Isn't that a problem though? Like Eddie was supposed to be the heel, wasn't he? He was, yeah. but Mox has that he's built got, into his character that he's like anarchy and chaos and sh- nah. doing crazy shit like that. Yeah, so like, isn't that like the fucking opposite? I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, like I, I said, know I, I think it's, it's built into Mox's character that he would do. He'll he'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like, I didn't. It didn't seem like a heelish thing for him to do. Plus, Eddie was like taking him to that place. Like there was a. There were different times sure. in the match, for sure, especially with the tax and stuff, where Eddie was screaming at Bryce. He's like, you know, check on him, get him to say I quit or whatever. So, yeah. like, I could see that he, you know, Mox was being pushed to the extreme to have to, you know, use this barbed wire to choke his his longtime friend out. Nah, he was more than happy to do it though. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a lot. Holy of fun shit! For what it was. It was we're an match. hour twenty. We're an hour twenty five into this. Yeah. We're, yeah. Damn. We're, we're, we're going, boys. Now. So we don't even have to to like do a goofy discussion after this. This covered the whole. No, thing, we covered so. the goofy discussions. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah, we, we got some. We, we got some. I love that Dallas is like, "I'm gonna be quiet this week, guys. I really don't have much to contribute." <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I never I, said quiet. Yeah, and I was like, "Come on!" I was like, "Come on! Don't bullshit me." I just so, said, "Hey, boys, I'm gonna let you do your thing this week, and uh, I'll just <laughs> pipe in here." <clears throat> we all got our shit in. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so. So yeah, that's that's your recap of AEW Full Gear. Uh, like I said, they did announce that AEW Revolution is happening in February, uh, and then they also announced their their beach party thing is going to be in January. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, more shit coming down the pipeline. Yep. From we the covered uh, the Pure Tournament. We covered some uh, some other stuff, mm-hmm. and all that all that jazz. We're kind of a good week. That's yeah. That was our week. We had an eventful week in wrestling, so that's nice. Yeah, we had an eventful week in general, though. So no, just, that's true. No, yeah, but we're not going to get into any of that. Hey, who? Hey, it was uh yeah, it was uh, it was a week, fellas. We can leave it yeah. at So, um, yeah, I don't. I I do want to say, like I I'd mentioned earlier, uh, if you if you haven't listened to our interview with Jackson Stone yet, I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, um, do it, you wimp. It was it was really I'm really proud of that. Like I think a lot of our our interviews that I I try to set up, you know, I hope that the the person comes on the show and has a good time and gets a chance to talk to some people who really appreciate their work and Pro show, you know, enjoys themselves. Like that's generally that's that's what I think make the best interviews if they're having a good time and and want to come back in the future. I think we've done our job, um, you know, and yeah. I I think we did that with Jackson, but we feeling. also touched on some really uh serious and important topics and and uh uh it got it got personal there that i wasn't anticipating that initially but i think it turned out really really well so Mm um you know i don't know do we do we have another one next week we might have another one next week i'm going i'm not going to confirm that for sure because 
bless their heart our guests can be kind of flighty so uh i will i will give them the opportunity if it doesn't happen you know mm. so that it doesn't fall a little, little little teaser into next week yeah. little teaser but just, it's just a slight but tease. it's pretty much 100 <laughs> percent. we don't yeah toad's gonna happen um so yeah uh, hopefully we'll have another interview. And I, I kind of like that cadence. If we do like a show, then an interview, a show, then an interview, that, that yeah. could be a lot of fun. Yeah. So that uh, that might work out well for us going forward. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I'm, I have a lot of fun with our interviews, but usually that's just as long as we had a good time. But the one with Jackson, I'm, I'm legit proud of. I think that was, that was really a really special interview. They, they don't normally go like that. So I, I, I'm i not one to like pimp all our older shows or anything like that, but I certainly would say <laughs> I think that one's worth a listen. So I, I highly recommend uh, giving that one. That's the kind of thing if we, we ever get up for like awards or something, that's the show I would present to show kind of what's our our best work. So. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves there, Michael. And you know, we got there's podcast awards out there. We might get nominated someday who knows and you know what who says we don't deserve an award right. god damn it right we're fucking we're, bruisers podcast to breakdowns and beards podcasts and beards <laughs> that's what we are that's, i can't even say the damn name of the show without no. stumbling through it because i'm so passionate <laughs> we deserve this by right. god right and i'm gonna get it i'm gonna right. get it for all of us i'm gonna march in there and I'm gonna lay the smack down on their candy. At- no, wait, that's not. That's me. copyright infringement. That'll get us in trouble. Uh, we'll get uh, D- I'm gonna, DMCA strike. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let the macho madness loot. No, wait, no, damn it, you can't take that uh, one either. Uh, what are they gonna do when? Ho- no, wait. I mean, damn at it. least steal from one of like the lower tiered promotions, so they're less <laughs> likely to sue us. <laughs> I don't know. I'll I mean, do something. Just, okay, just I'll figure it out. It out. I'll figure we'll it out. Up, we'll come up with it. All right. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, and then hopefully next week we'll get to talk some AEW games. Um, we'll have new consoles out, like new new Xbox and PlayStation happening this week. Super stoked to get my oh Series boy. X. I cannot wait. Um, so, yeah, and then hopefully we'll have an interview. So, a lot to look forward to. Uh, Kevin, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Nah, man, be good to each other, man. Watch more wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Do the thing, Dallas. You got anything thing. you want to throw out there before we go? Uh, I still have shirts. If people want shirts, uh, I still have Twitch. If people want to Twitch, uh, that's about it. Yeah, and of course you can find you know you can find us on Twitter, Facebook. I think we're still on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, usually it's uh, at Three B Wrestling Pod. Uh, if you have any questions for us, you can email us at 3bwrestlingpodcast at gmail.com. So hit us up. Um, yeah. And hopefully the dogs will be better behaved next week. They're feisty <laughs> this week. So I apologize yeah. for all the noise. Yeah. So, all right. Well, if that's it, fellas, uh, you know, we're going to get out of here. Uh, everybody, yeah. thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Dog, good lord. Oh my goodness. Let me get out of here and then you can go off. Silly dog. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Um, you know, I had somebody get on to me about that gummit dog. Dude. He, Dog's no like, I got chill. something to say. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, don't uh, close it yet. I got to say something. You know, a, a tradition that we had back at Divas Dropkicks and Dives is I was always end the show by saying tune in next week and have Kevin do something like that's not going to happen at all. But it was funny to say it was an incentive to tune in next week for Kevin to jump off a house or something like that, you know. <laughs> and uh, I've had a, a couple of our fans who are like, hey, I missed those. So I'm going to have to come up with more like fake exits for you guys. Tune in next uh, week, and Kevin's going to vote for Donald Trump. Hey! I mean, well, it would it's be an illegal vote so at this point, well so it seems right on the fucking par. Right? <laughs> That's the only way they're going to get him at this point. Yeah. Hey. Stop the counts. I mean, start Hey-o. the counts. I mean, stop them. <laughs> I start them and stop them at the same time. <laughs> I was winning bigly. You know, you were the one that said, Dallas, that we weren't going to get political, and then you throw that one out there. Yeah, oh, wait, you're right. Wait, I'm sorry. Sneak wait, it in. Wait, I love way it. to rub it in there. My bad. <laughs> I'll let you close the show now. <laughs> no, all right, folks. Well, th- thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we will see you all next week and later nerds. If you're completing a degree in community college and want to take the next step to a four-year degree, or you're not satisfied with the college you're currently attending, we want to see you at college of St. Mary in Omaha. We make it easy to transfer your credits and have financial aid and scholarships available. Plus, we cover the costs of your textbooks for the first semester. Get the support you need to finish your degree faster. Make the transfer to College of St. Mary. Apply today at csm.edu. 911, what's your emergency? Señora, ¿me está diciendo que un tren le pegó a una camioneta? Sí, yo pensé que alcanzaría a cruzar, el hijo iba rápido, creo, y después... ¡Ay, Dios mío, qué horror! No puedes saber a qué velocidad viene un tren. Por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Netza.